We've got a special one for you. We'll talk baseball and go deep on life. This is Dinger Derby with the Ramblin' Raiders. Welcome. Welcome to Dinger Derby. The official podcast of RedRaiderDugout.com. The only website completely devoted to Texas Tech baseball. Join Keith Patrick twice a week for team news, guests, ranking updates, and game reports. We'll be hitting taters with the Red Raiders from opening weekend all the way through Omaha. This is Dinger Derby. Welcome into the Dinger Derby podcast. I'm your host, Keith Patrick. Dinger Derby, the official podcast of RedRaiderDugout.com. And I want to start things off today briefly with an apology. I've wanted to be able to get episodes out to you each week, and I've just not been able to do that this season so far. Have been trying to cover this team in person, be there for you at Dan Law Field or Rip Griffin Park, and occasionally on the road as well, and have just not been able to get consistent podcasts out to you. And for that, I am very sorry. I do appreciate the messages, the DMs, and I know that you are very supportive of everything we're doing here at Red Raider Dugout. And I do apologize. Dinger Derby hasn't been as regular as I've wanted it to be. Not going to make a bunch of excuses, but as you all know, life can be a part of this equation too. And I have been very excited. My daughter is five. She started playing t-ball and that's been a lot of fun, but also taking up a little bit of extra time as well. In addition to the job that pays the bills, because you know, this is a labor of love here at Red Raider Dugout. But I did have the opportunity last week in an evening to sit down with the Ramblin' Raiders and talk to them about baseball. We got deep. We talked about life. We talked about baseball, and we had a great time doing it. I appreciate those guys having me on, and they're part of Guns Up Nation. I appreciate Guns Up Nation always being supportive of what we're doing at RedRaiderDugout.com and with the Dinger Derby podcast and letting us post across their platforms on social media as well. That means a lot to me, and I really do appreciate that. But I'm going to give you this crossover episode. We did record this last week, so it was Wednesday night. It was uh, after the conclusion of Texas Tech's second loss in Phoenix to Grand Canyon, so we will look ahead a little bit to K-State. I'm bringing you this episode here after the sweep of K-State and the walk-off home run for the victory on Sunday to secure that sweep, but there's a lot more in there than just talking about Kansas State. There's a lot about Texas Tech baseball and baseball in general and life and all kinds of things. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate those guys having me on. So without further ado, here's a crossover episode with the Ramblin' Raiders. What is up, Ramblin' Raiders listeners? Welcome back to the podcast, episode 147. Really excited tonight to talk a little bit of Texas Tech baseball. You know, we are uh, premium Texas Tech content with a laugh occasionally. You know, premium, we we like to throw that word around a little loosely. Maybe sometimes it's uh, (laughs) average to below average. But um, anyways, we are here. We're powered by Guns Up Nation, and we're a part of the Guns Up Nation podcast uh, network. Be sure to check out everything they do. And joining me, I'm very excited to have our special guest who's going to be giving us um, just an in-depth, you know, kind of insight to everything Texas Tech baseball and a rundown on the season so far is uh, Keith Patrick with the Dinger Derby podcast and the the operator of the Red Raider Dugout website and, and social media accounts. So, Keith, thanks for joining us, man. Glad to have you on. Absolutely, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, I know we're kind of, uh, I feel bad because, I, you know, we're literally recording this right after Tech just dropped uh, another midweek game 
to uh, Grand Canyon, right? Who uh, was our opponent, right? Uh, Grand yes, Canyon. Grand Canyon. Okay, good. It. I had to, I know I had to do a double take. So I'm like, whoa, whoa, who, wait, who are we losing to? Grand- <laughs> wait, isn't that what? an online school? Yeah, yeah. yeah wait, what? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what? Uh, who's <laughs> what's this team? But um, so it's kind of unfortunate, you know, morale's low, but uh, it, it's okay because this team, you know, 24 and seven overall, four and two in conference, still positioned to to do, you know, um you know, really well and make a, uh, you know, close the season out strong and make a run in the postseason. Number four overall, can't complain about that. So kind of an unfortunate midweek uh, lull here, but overall still really, really excited about this this program, this baseball team, everything that's going on. Um, I guess first off, Keith, I want to give you an opportunity, man, uh, you know, to just give everybody a, a kind of an update on, on Dinger Derby podcast, uh, Dinger Derby, sorry, podcast. And the Red Raider dugout website, man. I mean, Keith, if y'all don't know, he, he does the absolute best, in my opinion, as far as uh, coverage for Texas Tech baseball. You just don't get it um, from any of the other outlets for, from what I've been able to tell. So, uh, yeah, Keith, man, go ahead and, and plug away, dude. I want, I want to give you this chance to let our followers know. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, yeah I've got the Dinger Derby podcast, which unfortunately this year hasn't been quite as regular. I used to cover – I do an episode after every – uh, weekend series and after the midweeks. And so it was a couple a week. And I've really been focusing on Red Raider dugout and doing post-game recaps and uh, media with Coach Tadlock and players and that kind of stuff. And so the podcast has been a little more spotty this year, but uh, you can find lots of content at redraiderdugout.com. And I appreciate you saying that. I mean, it's a, it's a labor of love, like any of us doing this kind of stuff for tech for the most part. And it's a lot of fun. And um, yeah, I, I enjoy getting the see the games and cover them and get to know these guys and the team and that kind of stuff. And really, I, you know, several years ago kind of started this stuff just because like what you were just saying, there wasn't a lot of content. And and back then, you know, 2018, way less Texas tech content as far as podcasts or anything else. And uh, you certainly didn't get a lot of Texas tech coverage from national outlets. And so as far as baseball was concerned, that's what I was interested in and excited about and wanted people to, you know, get to pay a little bit more attention to. And that's why we started doing what we're doing and, and man, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a good road. And the, the nice thing about doing a single sport, I can kind of be friends with everybody. You know, I'm like a resource for everybody rather than the competitor. So, and yeah. I do want to, I know you guys are part of guns up nation. I wanted to shout out those guys too and say, thank you. Um, I share a lot of my stories out on social media and, and try to get things out that way. And guns up nation's always been really gracious. Let's me share that into the Facebook groups and all that kind of stuff. And that is much appreciated. Yeah, no, Michael does an amazing job with, with Guns Up Nation. We're, we're very blessed, at, uh, you know, with the Ramblin' Raiders media to, to get to be a part of Guns Up Nation and, and a part of their podcast network. Just uh, great guys. Couldn't imagine, you know, kind of doing this work with, with anybody else. And, and like you said, Brad, we're all, I mean, we do this because we're passionate about Texas Tech. We're passionate about, you know, bringing fans together and kind of creating those coalitions of support around uh, the teams that we love and that we root for. So, um yeah, no, great uh, kind words there, and and I'm doing the math real quick in my head. So you said you started Dinger Derby eight years ago? No, no, it was in 2018. Oh, 2018. I'm sorry, because I was sitting there. I was like, man, it, it sounds like we started getting good right about the time that you were uh, started Dinger Derby. So there might be some kind of correlation there that that shouldn't be slept on, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're bringing the great content, and the next thing we know, Tim Tadlock and the boys are making runs to to Omaha and into the College World Series. So. Um, no, man, Keith. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this, and I, I think our listeners are really going to enjoy uh, tonight's content. I know you've actually, you know, uh, done crossover reps and, and been on the pod, uh, Ramblin' Raiders podcast before. Um, 
with I believe last time it was Nick was uh, doing doing our uh, baseball season kind of breakdown with you, and then even before that we did a, a crossover with just Guns Up Nation and Twenty Three Personnel, and so uh, yeah. not the first time that we've all gotten to interact, but um, yeah, man, it's it's cool to kind of see this uh, community of Texas Tech podcasts, you know, work together, and and uh, you know, there's always a little bit of a maybe at times competitive. Um, you know, nature to it, but I feel like at the end of the day, we're all like, we're all about the same thing, man. And that's just uh, really boosting Texas tech and, and, and uh, you know, highlighting our sports teams and and the players that, that make us, uh, you know, make those teams special. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I've been, uh, I've taken a little bit different tack with things and, you know, I've, I've, as far as Dinger Derby, I always just did, you know, talked about baseball and that was the whole purpose of the podcast and in starting Red Raider dugout um, had a, an actual legitimate journalist, you know, as a partner in, in Randy Rosetta and that. And um, so kind of took a, he taught me a lot as far as, you know, coverage versus fandom and those kinds of things. And uh, fortunate to get, you know, credentialed by tech and able to kind of cover these guys from, from that side of things and learn how that world works a little bit. And uh, I've learned an absolute ton doing that. And, and it's been a really kind of cool way to go about it. And uh, yeah, for me, you know, especially in a, a sport like baseball, that's that's not at the level from an eyeball standpoint as some of the others. You know, it's it's just cool to be able to try to get more fans informed, paying attention, excited earlier and earlier in the year. And um, hate that the basketball team lost, but pretty cool that you know the loss happens the day before uh, two incredible games against Texas in Lubbock. You know, and so the eyeballs. I think maybe came a little earlier to baseball than they than they sometimes do. Sometimes it's May when people start paying a little more attention. So that was pretty yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, too. man. It's and, great and, to see the growth in, in college baseball and, and, of course, for tech baseball to, as well. Absolutely. And, and like you just said, I mean, it, it could not have been a more perfect time, though, when tech fans were down after that Duke loss. I mean, our, our baseball team just absolutely lifted us up with, I mean, I'd go back and say debatably two of the craziest endings to, to games I've seen as a Texas Tech fan, Texas Tech baseball fan, um, with a, you know, a Benny the Jet Rodriguez steal home for the win, <laughs> uh, walk off, and then the grand slam. I mean, I joked around on our last podcast with uh, Lane that, you know, uh, Kurt Wilson should never, of course, after the season, right? This is postseason talk and when he's 21, but he, he should never have to pay for a drink in, in the, the Lubbock County, um, you know, area code and the 806 area code, Lubbock County lines ever again, man, because that was uh, just the, 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 the really one of the clutchest things I've ever seen, period, in college sports and, and especially for Red Raider sports, a guy back to just back to back nights against at the time, number two, Texas, you know, in-state rival. Just wow, man, that was a electric factory. I, I couldn't get enough of it. And it, it like you said, it picked us up at the um, you know, I'm glad everybody, all the eyeballs were on, on baseball because it picked us up w- whenever we uh, needed it most. Absolutely. Yeah, it was – I mean, the guys got three of the biggest moments in the Tim Tadlock era that, you know, are, are solidified right on his shoulders. And yeah, he's got a clutch gene about him that's pretty incredible. And, yeah, it was, it was perfect timing. I mean, and they were, they were really incredible games. Friday night had – everything you could look for in a baseball game it's a pitcher's duel it's got home runs it's I mean incredible defensive play like there was just so much the atmosphere all of it there uh, all in one game and then Saturday um, Tech looks like they're completely out of it and then you claw back in and they're both of those things happen in the 10th inning both of those walk-offs and so just crazy weekend of baseball and yeah it I talk about something cathartic for a fan base that was 
you know, yeah. you're happy, you're happy with a basketball season in the sweet 16, especially in the first year for Mark Adams. But then, you know, you're of course going to be disappointed and you turn around and see some baseball like that. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that, you know, I think UT fans after what happened during the basketball season, sweeping them, you know, um, uh, with our former coach, Chris Beard, and, and all the, the kind of trash talk that went into that and back and forth. I think that UT fans were really kind of preying on baseball. I mean, they were, they were ready uh, and, and ready to chirp and, and get after us when it came to baseball. Because, I mean, I'll be, uh, you know, as a realist, I mean, UT is a very good baseball team. And, and um, I think anyone who's, who's paid attention this so far in the Big 12 and with baseball knew that that was going to be a pretty uh, contentious and close and, and tight, you know, hard-fought series between two really great teams. And so um, I, I just got the sense, I remember on Twitter afterwards, you know, I like to peruse around and, and get a feel for, for both fan bases. And it seemed like UT was really ready to kind of give Tech the business, man, from, a, uh, from a, just a fan standpoint. And um, Texas Tech baseball said, not up in here. Like this is, you know, you're, 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 you're at the law um, and, and you're going to uh, – you know, have to earn it. And, and it, like you said, it was just two, two great games, man. Absolutely. Uh, Kurt Wilson, clutch gene. I mean, you, you want that guy in the batter's box when the game's on the line, cause there's a good chance he's going to deliver. No doubt. Um, or on third base is fun too. Oh yeah, that's right, man. I, I still, <laughs> I, uh, it's funny. My cousin who he, he actually played football at, at Texas <laughs> and is a diehard. He literally texts me and me and Lane, uh, you know, about it right after the game. He just sent the clip. Um, cause I can't remember, I was doing something that night and, and I had, I was watching the game, getting updates here and there. I was like, Oh man, it's close. But, uh, I couldn't actually watch it. I was just getting uh, like live feed updates. And then he just sent that and he goes, dude, our pitcher, like, I, I think he's got narcolepsy or something. Like, what is he doing, man? <laughs> it was, he, he, he just goes like, that's, I, I, I mean, he was in shock, but was like respect to tech, man. And, um, yeah, all I know is I think you know, you talked about Kurt Wilson, obviously that, that bomb he hit against Oklahoma State, right, in the um, Super Regionals a while back. But yeah, Oklahoma State and then UT pitchers, man, I mean, they, they're, they're going to be having nightmares about Kurt Wilson for, for uh, a long time to come. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely true. And it was actually the same pitcher, not, not that Kurt hit the bomb off of the next night, but the same pitcher that came in uh, late and loaded the bases. Oh, and then they swapped out and then – Kurt went yard against the next guy, but that was one of those, like you kind of walk back and you're looking around. It's like, does somebody need to check on this guy? Like, is he all right? You know? Yeah, no, I, uh, just as like a guy, you know, former athlete, that, that, that's got to do something to your psyche, man. When a guy can really break you like that. So, uh, hats off to Kurt Wilson. That's awesome. But anyways, um, you know, I know we we can, I I could probably sit here and talk to you about that, that series for an hour in itself, just because it's always great. Great to beat UT, but um, I want to get into kind of a, an overview. You know, for for the Ramblin' Raiders podcast, we haven't actually had a chance to really look at this team in depth and, and break down the season as far as you know where we started preseason to, to where we're at now. And I, I feel like it's kind of been indicative of a, a a typical Tim Tadlock coach team of of you know you kind of get some kinks out early, and then all of a sudden you come on, you come on, and 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 you're you're playing your best baseball, you're catching fire and, and cooking with gas, sort of you know, when you need to, you're peaking at the right time. Granted, I know we did just drop, uh, you know, those two, two middle of the week games to Grand Canyon, but um, yeah, man, uh, first, first kind of question I want to throw your way, Keith, to sort of survey the, the, the overall vibe and, and feel for this team is just, 
you know, starting off where we were, I know we dropped, I think it was, we, we did one of those, uh, I forgot the name of it, man. Uh, the, the, the first tournament of the season where we played like Arizona and Michigan. It's the, and, it's the state farm college baseball showdown. It's it. Globe Life Field where the Rangers that, play. That's right. Okay, I knew it was in Texas because I, I, I actually went last year to the one they did in um, uh, at Minute Maid, and so yeah. this year Nick, Nick was going to try to make it to Globe Life, and, and it didn't uh, ended up not happening. But kind of from the start of the season to where we're at now, I mean, what would you say has been um, the the storyline here with this team, man? As far as you know, I think preseason we were or starting it off, we were what like twenty three. I, I thought we were top twenty five, right? So, yeah, it was a little odd, um, and I think that a lot of those – you know, there's six polls in college baseball that, that matter, quote-unquote. There's like 40 polls and rankings and all that, but six that most pay attention to, and they had us ranked between four and 23. Okay. And so it was one of those deals where they just didn't know what to make of the team. Like, you're yeah. giving Tim Tadlock the benefit of the doubt, but because there was a lot of new faces and, you know, a lot of new pitchers and Birdsell was injured last year. And so you don't know how he's going to be. Um, I think that there was just a lot of question marks. And so, yeah, they went into that, that weekend. Generally, I mean, D1 baseball is the one that like the NCAA uses and things like that. I think they had tech around 15, somewhere in that area. Oh, okay. So uh, you kind of started middle of the pack, you dropped a little bit and then you've worked your way back up. And at the moment, consensus top five after the midweek, sweep here uh, that'll probably go down a little bit but before we go any further I, I did want to frame the Grand Canyon thing just a little bit uh-huh. this is a good baseball team and this is not me pumping sunshine um, Grand Canyon has been a good program um, it's not an online university that was a joke from a DM I got oh, yeah. um, they've got like 60,000 plus students oh, they've got wow. a brand new ballpark they opened a couple years ago had TCU come to town uh, to help them open it I mean They've been a legit WAC program. They won the WAC tournament last year, so they were in the postseason. I mean, I'm yeah. not saying they're Texas in their baseball history, but there's there's plenty of recent success for that team. Yeah. Um, and so this wasn't like you went out and, and lost a, a midweek to, you know, a lower opponent like a Merrimack or something like that. It, it's a, I'm not saying it's a good loss, uh, but they're an they're a RPI top 40 team. Um, that you know you drop two yeah. on the road and ultimately it doesn't it's not the end of the season by any means yeah I got you no they're they're legitimate and I feel like in baseball you know that um because Grand Canyon that's out in Phoenix right? yes okay yes. I, I was gonna say I mean I feel like uh every year postseason whenever you get to the regionals I, I you know you, you see these teams I mean for example Dallas Baptist has become one of mm-hmm. those kind of powerhouse I mean you, you see these teams that are somewhat off the radar not not DBU anymore but um, you know, like maybe like a Grand Canyon that are kind of off the radar as far as people aren't, aren't you know, there's not a lot of uh, awareness and, you know, engagement uh, around them right. as from a fan standpoint, but that are very solid teams that end up making it to a super or, you know, really press a, a top seed in a regional. And so um, that's good to hear that. I mean, this is a, a very, you know, a legitimate and competitive, you know, Grand Canyon team that, that we unfortunately lost to. But yeah, and, and that's the thing in baseball. I mean, like, and Dallas Baptist is a good example. It's the only D1 sport at the school. Yeah. So you can opt into D1 for that sport. It's what you can afford. You can put your resources there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not so long ago that that uh, Coastal Carolina won the national championship in, in college baseball. It was yep. a huge win. Um, Cam- the Campbell Camels, Mercer, Stony Brook. I mean, those are the kind of names that, that you're talking about that, will make some noise. I mean, Stetson was in a super regional yep. not too long ago. And so, 
yeah, it, it, and that what's that's what makes college baseball kind of cool because there's a little more parity there, and uh, some of those teams can really compete and, and do some pretty cool stuff. So yeah, I'd put Grand Canyon in that general vicinity as like those types of teams, and um, you know you don't want to go out there and lose two, but it it wasn't the end of the world. What and I think that's I mean that's one of the things I love about college baseball and college basketball to me, um, you know, compared to to college football is the kind of nuance in the, in the postseason because. You know, you you see a team like a St. Peter's who has a legitimate shot. I mean, everybody's got that fair chance, right? Like, you got to lace them up. You got to play the games um, and and goes to the Elite Eight and has a chance. Or, like you just said, Coastal Carolina. I I was actually at Tech um, my uh, junior – I can't – first senior year, I think. (laughs) First senior year (laughs) um, at Texas Tech, you know, whenever Coastal Carolina, you know, knocked us out and and, and won it. Uh, That was the year they knocked us out, right, and then won it all. Or um, did they knock us out? No, that wasn't. No, you. I'm getting, I'm we played college. Else. We we played College of Charleston in a in a, a super one time. You might be thinking of them. Yeah, I, I just rem- I remember. Uh, I thought I might get I might be getting it confused because I know I thought we were in at least the College World Series that year and then lost out and then but still uh, Coastal won it all. But like I mean Stetson, that's another good example. Uh, back to I guess that main point of. You know, the nuance and, and the parody, like you said, where, I mean, these teams can re- legitimately, anybody can win it, man, and, and can make yeah. a run. And I think that's something that's unique and special to both college baseball and basketball, um, which Texas Tech's clearly been been pretty elite at, to use, you know, uh, Kirby Hocutt's words, elite and, and pretty special in these last couple of years. So, so we start off, you know, like you said, 15, then we kind of move back a little bit, then we move forward. We find ourselves at number four overall. I mean, so far to this season, we, we, we've uh, won the series against UT. We've, uh, t- I guess in your, your opinion, what, what were kind of those biggest wins to get us to number four right now? Besides the, uh, obviously UT was a big part, you know, the UT series was a big part of that. But um, other big wins that we've had kind of leading up to this that we can look back on and, and uh, you know, t- uh, tip our hat to and just and, and be excited about. So I would say most fans were probably not excited with, the State Farm College Baseball Showdown. You were swept there last year. You went one and two there this year. You walked off Michigan in your first game of the season uh, and then lost to Auburn in a 2-1 game and then kind of got boat raced by Arizona, who was 15 at the time. Um, But I think you turn around and you had two midweeks in different weeks. It was a home and home uh, with Dallas Baptist. And you won the one in Lubbock, 8-4. You won in Dallas, 4-3 in the 10th. Those were two pretty big wins. Um, Dallas Baptist isn't lighting the world on fire, but they're always a tough out. They're a tough program. Nate Rombach, who was at Tech, is their starting catcher now, so there's a little storyline there. Um, But I think those were two solid midweeks for you. And then you hosted Merrimack for four, and, I mean, they were were big wins. Um, And and Merrimack kind of has various storylines of struggle there. But you go on a a long road trip, a five-game road trip, um, and you start it with two in Miss in Biloxi uh, at a double A ballpark against Mississippi State. So basically a road series, even though it counts as a neutral site. And you lose Tuesday uh, eleven to five, and then and just kind of walk out like, hey, I don't know if we can hang with these guys. They're the defending national champs. You know what's this going to be? And you turn around on Wednesday and you win seven two. So splitting that series, I think, with Mississippi State was a pretty big statement. Yeah, um, you sweep Rice, who had jumped up. They were not a not a great team, but has jumped up and had their moments this year. Uh, getting that road sweep, I think, was a big one. And then 
Um, you split with Iowa up there in, in Iowa. The Friday game's canceled for weather. And so I think that kind of brings the question mark back. Like, should you, should you have lost that Sunday game to Iowa? They had some great pitching that both teams, because of no Friday game, were able to stack up starters on one day. Tech did that on Saturday. Iowa did that on Sunday mm-hmm. and play both of their starters back-to-back. And so you walk into the Texas series, you've had a few good moments, but I would say fans probably thinking, have they really been tested beyond Mississippi State? And obviously yeah. you stood up to Texas in a pretty big way in those first two games and got the series win. Yeah, I uh... – no, that's that's a great great recap there, and, and I don't know what it is, but I feel like Sundays, man. I, I don't know if this team they just really like observe the Sabbath or what, but uh, <laughs> they just for some reason I feel like Sundays have been kind of our Achilles heel like of late. Yeah, they I think they have, and I, I could I could come up with a bunch of reasons. I think anybody on social media they first want to blame our Sunday starter Mason Molina. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a freshman left hander out of California. Um, on Friday, you've got a guy that you can kind of comp to Patrick Monteverdi from last year. Um, not, I mean, he's a right-hander, but Andrew Morris came in from a lower-level school, came from Colorado Mesa, settled right, at, right into the Friday starter role, has done a pretty good job. And then Brandon Burtzel has been oh, yeah. nothing short of incredible on Saturdays. Um, he surpassed 50 strikeouts on the season. Uh, with like 10 walks. I mean, the guy's just just really shoving right now. Yeah, he's been And then you go to Sundays sure. and, and, you know, against Texas, um, I told my wife actually going to that game, you know, she said, do you think it'll be another close one? I said, no, somebody's getting blown out today. You don't play, yeah. <laughs> you don't play two 10-inning nail biters like you did the last two days and do it again for a third game. Like somebody's yeah. going to get blasted and, and it happened to be Tech. Yeah. Um, like I said, in the Iowa game, they stacked up two really good starters that day and, and they get a 6-3 win. Um, Tech struck out a bunch, you know, and tipped the cap to the pitching uh, for that in, in that situation. I think the one that really probably frustrates everybody the most was Kansas. Yeah. You go on your first Big 12 road series, you win 8-2. And then Saturday you win twenty eight to two. Um, Friday was actually you came you had to kind of come from behind late uh, in the later innings, but but Saturday just absolutely demolished them. It's the second time this year that you scored twenty eight runs, um, and then yeah, Sunday you lose eight five. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's just you have the sweep opportunity, you need the Big Twelve wins, and you don't get it done. And um, you want that to be a an aberration, but now you're seeing a little bit of a trend, kind of like you're saying. And unfortunately, that road trip in Kansas sends you to a road trip at Grand Canyon in Phoenix, and um, now you've got three losses in a row. Yeah, that that's that's tough. But um, and, and I should I'm sorry I should say I don't think you I personally don't feel like you lay that on the feet of Mason Molina. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't pitched poorly. Um, he his record's not great, and I think that there's just something. And you know, baseball extremely mental game. Oh, There's yeah. something mentally going on in in Sundays, and now you're in that spot where you don't want to tighten up on Sundays and think about it too much. You got to play through, and you got to go get one and get the confidence back. Um, but you know that I would say that if I'm seeing anything on on uh, social yeah. media, you know, as far as Sundays go, they want to look at pit starting pitching. Um, I don't have the answer for it, though. I wish I did. If if I did, I might be on Tim Tadlock's staff. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's to me interesting because, and of course, I, I'm not, you know, I can't get in the minds of these guys for how you get up. But I feel like, you know, you're, you're went like, especially for you, UT, I, I guess would be a little different because that's, you know, it's UT and they're there at the time. Again, they were top, you know, uh, number two in the nation. 
But with Kansas, even it's like after two, um, well, one dominating performance on Saturday and then a come from behind, you know, clear victory Friday, something about 2-0, you know, that third game. I don't know, maybe if it's it's like a mental block of like, well, we've already won the series. And again, I don't want to be presumptuous and like make any uh, assertions there. But uh, yeah, that, that that's a kind of interesting point you bring up of, of is it more of like a mental block now with with um, with our pitching and especially if, if uh, you know, it's young pitching as well. Like, kind right. of what the mindset is that goes into that. But uh, some of it too. I'm I'm sitting there going, um, it's hard. It's in any sport. I feel like it's hard to beat a team three times. But uh, yeah. especially if you've already beat them twice and you have the series one, it's like you know, kind of okay. Well, we've we've proven it, right? And and well, and flip it the other way. You know, yeah. tip your cap to those guys because they're coming out and playing for pride at that point. Yeah. And and maybe there's just a little bit more of a want to on that side to not get swept versus the want to to earn the sweep. You know, I mean, I would certainly be motivated to show these guys something, yeah. you know, from the losing side rather than, you know, to go get the sweep when you've already kind of proven yourself. I see what you're saying there. I, yeah. I don't have the answer, but, but it is becoming a trend. That's for sure. And, you know, Big 12 wins are – are uh, they come, you know, dearly, and you don't want to lose them like that. And so you certainly want to see them turn that around and earn a couple sweeps. And there have been those years that Tech has just struggled to get sweeps. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and kind of transition into the next question I had for you. Um, and I'll actually mix this around a little bit. Let's let's look ahead to Kansas State. And um, how do you feel about that matchup going going into the weekend here? Uh, you know, starting Friday. You know, what what does K State have to have to offer up and, and um, you know, do you think Tech can can sweep slash, I mean, at the least, you know, win the series? I mean, what? Uh, how, how do you feel about after coming off of three losses, you know, kind of what are we looking down the barrel of right now with, uh, with the Wildcats? I mean, I think that, well, I'll just say flat out, I think Tech could certainly win a series and potentially sweep almost anybody in the country. I mean, Tech's an excellent baseball team mm-hmm. when everything's clicking. Um, K-State was a team that was also in that showdown at the beginning of the year. Uh, they got swept in that one by Arizona, Michigan, and Auburn, same teams that Tech played. And okay. they're 15 and 13 on the year. They're one and five in conference. So uh, they're near the bottom of the conference or maybe tied with Kansas. You know, it's early in the in the conference slate, but they've got a couple wins in a row here. I mean, they had their midweek um, against Creighton. That was a win. And they took the Sunday game against Oklahoma State, who's number six right now. That was in Manhattan last weekend. Okay. Um, but I think that there's no reason that Texas Tech couldn't win this series or shouldn't win this series. And, and honestly, a, a sweep is not um, out of the question by any means. I mean, when you look at these guys, I mean, there's some reasonably good ERAs. Uh, I see some pretty good strikeout-to-walk ratios for their starters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's always something kind of that I look at, especially when you know they're over 40 innings. And you're seeing guys like 45 Ks, 15 walks, like that's pretty good from the command and control side of things. And um, all of them, you know, the batting average, you know, to opposing batters is in the low 200s to under 250, uh, which isn't elite, but it's it's okay. You know, now Tech needs to be out there taking care of business and putting together competitive at bats. And uh, it seems like a pitching staff that Tech can handle uh, just fine, you know, but again, you're on a three-game losing streak, and you want to see what these guys show you. Um, and and I'll say too that Tech has dealt with their own types of adversity this year, as far as injuries and other things. And so I'm wondering how that's playing into 
you know, that whole big mixing pot of how this, how seasons like this play out, you know, and what yeah. that's doing right now. And uh, today was an example of that too. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I think uh, kind of from what I'm hearing, cause uh, I, you know, I know you know this better than I do, but just as far as the, the kind of um, hierarchy in big 12 baseball, who's, who's sort of on top, who's playing better, who's not. And it sounds like Kansas state is, is, if you're on a three game skid, this is especially coming into the law, right? We, we have them at home. Uh, you know, this is, this is uh, the team that you can kind of rebound and, and regroup against um, is a team in, in Kansas state. How do you feel uh, about our text chances? Cause I, I want to get into some kind of player personnel and, and even sure. uh, not, not quite as close to that, but, but uh, sort of from a, a more granular level, just strengths and weaknesses but, uh, I mean, co- like looking at the conference, you know, I think beating, you know, winning the series against UT early was obviously, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better start against what was deemed the, the best team in the Big 12, at least by the, the national, you know, um, rankings and, and uh, the, the pundits there. So as far as, you know, the, the chances of winning, you know, winning the conference, how, how do you feel about that, man? I mean, I, I, if, if we can rebound against K-State, and then I was just kind of looking over our schedule. I mean, Oklahoma State's obviously going to be towards the end, but but a, a pretty tough team on the schedule there. And we have them. Um, it's on the road this year. Uh, Baylor on the road. Um, you know, you get West Virginia at home and, and TCU. I mean, a lot of tough road challenges coming up here. Uh, how, how do you feel about Tech's chances to get another Big 12 conference? Under I mean, world? it's going to be tough. To, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, Tech's 4-2. Um, TCU six and three, Oklahoma State's five and one. So, you know, the top of the conference is ahead of you. Um, yeah. I'll say this about Texas, first of all, since you mentioned them. Um, I mean, in my opinion, Texas is as advertised. They're one of the most dangerous offensive teams in the country. Yeah. And Texas has, has kind of had the deal where they've had great pitching the last several years, but just very little offense. And this year, they've got some guys that are just absolutely on fire offensively, and they have excellent starting pitching, particularly Friday, Saturday. They did lose a guy a little earlier in the season, but they're still doing pretty well. Um, the difference with Texas is they're really heavy front-loaded, you know, starting with Tech. Yeah. Um, and, and they're going to, in my opinion, probably get hot late as they're going to start kind of rolling through the lower portion of the conference. That's what it'll kind of look like. So they're going to look like they've got a lot of momentum late oh, and then, okay, as you, you said you've got you're going to TCU Easter weekend um you've got Baylor on the road you got West Virginia at home who's been really kind of pesky this year uh and and jumping up and biting folks a little bit and then uh, they're two and one in the conference and and I'm interested to see you know what they keep doing they're 16 and 10 on the year um and then Oklahoma is a tougher out than they've looked like they almost took the series against Texas this weekend. Uh, Texas was down 7-1 to, to Oklahoma on Sunday, and that would have been for the series win for OU. And yeah. Texas came back. They scored seven in that inning and uh, and jumped yeah. back up and got the win. But um, maybe a little bit saltier Oklahoma team than we've seen in a little while too. So I say all that to say it's a tough conference. I mean, there's no question about it. And um, I think Texas is as good as they looked preseason I think they're a very good team um but I think Oklahoma State TCU are, are just as good and and that's a pretty impressive for TCU they lost their head coach to Texas A&M yeah um, and they haven't missed a beat and so yeah there's 
you know, gonna it's going to play out on the field. It's hard for me to like prognosticate. Yeah. I'm like, it's going to play out on the field. Obviously I hate when people on podcasts and we all do it. We're like, well, we'll see. Well, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's um, like, uh, let me look into my crystal ball real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, that it's a little bit more even across the big 12 than maybe it has been the last few years. I think, You've had those years and several years where Tech was that team where you have this kind of obvious favorite. And right now, I mean, it feels a little bit um, kind of even across, at least in the top, you know, four or five. I think yeah. that, that there's some, some even match. And I mean, Oklahoma State's 21 and eight, TCU's 20 and nine, Tech's 24 and seven. Uh, that's before games tonight. Um, Texas is 22 and nine. I mean, you know, that's, that's some pretty good teams right there, yeah, regardless oh, yeah. of who they've played. And, and everybody's played somebody at this point. And so, yeah, it, it's kind of anybody's conference, but it's certainly Tech's opportunity to go grab. I think they're, they're certainly not out of any kind of hunt whatsoever. Well, man, well, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. It's funny. You just you reminded me whenever you were talking about TCU's coach going to A&M, I was going to say I'm, I'm reminded of that frequently by my brother-in-law, who's a diehard Aggie. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm always just like, well – we saw what happened with Beard, right? Like you can take the coach away, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to success. So I, I do love the fact that TCU's rebounded so quickly after losing. I, I can't even pronounce that coach's name. I know he's got like an abbreviation they use. Jim Schlossnagel. Is <laughs> Schla- yeah. Schlossnagel, there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, the Aggies, man, I know they they picked one up against UT. UT kind of had a tough little stretch there, man, where they lost you know, two to us and then uh, lost to A&M. And then it looked like they were potentially about to lose, you know, drop another series to OU, but, um, you know, found a way to get it done. Their bats were hot, like you said, and, and came through for them. So uh, the Big 12's deep, man. It's, it, it, it's yeah. a deep conference. It's, it's very, um, you know, I haven't watched enough SEC baseball this year to really do a comparison, but it sounds to me like the Big 12 conference is kind of in that running to where they, I mean, they're, they're as, as competitive as any right now. Oh, I would agree. Yeah. And, and I've watched a little bit of SEC baseball or at least paid attention to scores, you know, kind of as they come across. But um, I think when it comes down to it, yeah, the big 12 is very deep. There's a, there's a pretty good amount of parity. The SECs gets a lot of play um, with, with Vanderbilt and Georgia and then Tennessee, probably the hottest team in the country, you know, almost by far right now. And then you, you can throw Arkansas in the mix of, of getting a lot of play. So They've got good teams. The Big 12 has good teams. And, and I would say top to bottom, you know, I would, I would put them at, at pretty even. Now, national outlets and the people that make rankings and all that, they're going to disagree with that. You know, yeah. the SEC is always going to be the king of, of college baseball as long as they have a say. And, um, but, I, yeah, I think that there's a reasonable amount of, of even connectedness between those two. Uh, maybe with the exception of Tennessee, who is just unbelievable right now. Yeah. They got a guy, they have a reliever throwing 104. Dude, I I mean, thinking about that, I, I I don't even think I could get the bat like off my shoulder before the before the ball hit the the, the catcher's mid, dude. On that, yeah, one. I mean, that's <laughs> I, I I wouldn't even I'd be I'd, I'd still be getting my like you know this, this my stance ready, looking back at the ump, telling him you know all right, let's go ahead and play. Uh, <laughs> to, I mean, that's that's ridiculous, man. Uh, Tennessee, good for them. That's uh. Anyways, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where I think the Big 12, you know, is, is looking strong. Like you said, uh, SEC is always super competitive, though, too, football and baseball, especially – I mean, baseball, they've they've uh, had a really good showing, um, it, well, for, you know, always, but but especially recently. And, and um, 
yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how this season uh, progresses, how it plays out with um, Tech, you know, trying to sort of leverage himself for a good position in the postseason, which I was going to get to, but I kind of want to hold off on that for a second and sure. instead focus on um, really our strengths and weaknesses before we get into our questions from the listeners. And then I'm going to, of course, like you said, you know, it's like a, a podcaster's worst sin is oh we'll 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 see i don't know man we'll see what happens but uh i am gonna throw you a a pretty um kind of open-ended question here about about where how far you see us going but let's talk about just uh, our strengths off the bat you know um breaking it down for maybe those those texas tech fans who who are, are trying to keep up with our baseball team but they're they haven't been able to watch every single game and aren't quite as knowledgeable or or in tune with what's going on in your opinion, Keith, what is our great just Texas Tech right now? I mean, what what's the the greatest strengths that this team possesses that uh, that, that we can kind of you know put our uh, I, I guess put our hat on and and sort of look to when it comes to these games as far as um, you know this is what's going to get it done for you down the stretch. Yeah, I would say kind of the one on the one on that list for me is going to be just offensive i mean hitting you can put power in there um when the team's on i mean when they're when they're rolling and they did it tonight against grand canyon they trailed eight two going into the top of the ninth and they reeled off five and it wasn't there wasn't a single home run in that mix i mean when the when they get rolling they're very dangerous offensively they can score a lot of runs really quickly they've got multiple guys with plenty of pop in the bat you know from a power standpoint um but you know, the caveat there is kind of when they're rolling and we've mm-hmm. seen them up and down a little bit. And you have to always remember there's a guy over there delivering the ball that doesn't want them to hit it. But um, I definitely would think that's a, a piece of the power or of the, uh, of the strength of this team. And I'd probably give you like a one, a um, on a one, two punch Friday, Saturday of Andrew Morris and Brandon Birdsell. Um, yeah. They've both been excellent. Birdsell has been exceptionally good. Um, and, Folks may not remember Brandon Burtz was a starter for you last year um, as a freshman. And and he, I don't think he tore the rotator cuff, but there was an injury to it that took him out the rest of the season. Yeah, And I mean, he's come back uh, and just getting better and better as the season goes on. Um, so yeah, I'd kind of go one, one a on that. I think offensively you have a lot of weapons um, depending on who's on the field. And there are those moments where you kind of question, Hey, or, you know, how can we get this guy out and this guy at the same time? You know, how can we get these guys all on the field together? And and I think that's what, that's an embarrassment of riches that Tim Tadlock has to deal with. But yeah, I'd go, I'd go offense and then the one, two punch Friday, Saturday. Okay, cool. Well, that's, that's good to hear. And then on the adverse side of that, um, you know, again, for, for our listeners here, uh, Texas Tech's biggest weaknesses, man. I mean, to this point in the season, what do you see, you know, I guess, what do you see as kind of our, our greatest uh, hindrance right now, or our biggest hindrance um, that could potentially, you know, uh, hurt this team down the, down the stretch, home stretch? You know, it, it, it might be recency bias from watching the Grand Canyon games yesterday <laughs> and tonight. Um, but, but looking back through the season, I think it's been a thing. Just situational hitting has been a little rough for this team at times. Okay. Um, hitting with two outs hitting with runners in scoring position, hitting with runners on base. When it's bad, it's bad. It's bad, yeah. And uh, and I think that – and, I, you know, I'm not the guy that can give you the answer why. Mental, whatever it is, I'm sure, you know, the opposing pitcher is always part of that. Um, 
but and I'll give you an example against Iowa against Iowa, not Iowa State. Um, it was a two game series. Tech won big on Saturday, um, but they still struck out 15 times. And you loop in Sunday. Tech struck out 32 times that weekend, and uh, most of those strikeouts, a large majority, came from basically the bottom half of your batting order. And so when you get into those funks, it seems like tech really falls into them and kind of pulls each other down a little bit into that funk okay. or into that rhythm of striking out or going down in order or whatever. And so that can be really frustrating to watch. Um, so I think a weakness is that I also think I'll give you a one and one a again, the team has struggled and you do have a lot of young guys. You got new guys and freshmen uh, that are starting Um but the team has struggled a little bit with health this year. And then okay. also not as, not as much as last year, but there are some of those concerns. And then just, you know, and Tim Tadlock is, is a guy that doesn't mind tinkering. Um, but I thought you had settled into a, into a order and uh, then you have some injuries and you have some needs. And, and so there's still a little bit of movement going on, uh, you know, as the season goes on, which, which is okay, uh, but it's not necessarily a strength until it all settles in. Yeah. Man, well, that's that's yeah, it's interesting, and and it's it's one of those things too. I always think with baseball, like, uh, you know, I'm I mean, I, I got I got my Astro shirt on right now. I'm I'm uh, I, I'll admit I don't I, I follow the MLB kind of loosely, but more so uh, in the later months. But you know, as we get into like the playoffs and everything, and I look back right. at Texas Tech baseball and, and you know supporting the Stros and everything, and it's like. Not being able to hit with with uh, runners in position, right, and scoring position, to me, I. It's like, can you even really come up with a a uh, sort of tangible reasoning for that, right? Like, or or an absolute reasoning for it. it's almost like with baseball, there's just some of these things that it's either happening for you or it's not, and maybe there is an answer yeah. to it that I'm just not, um, you know, I, I don't know enough about the sport to to speculate it on. But to me, it's just it, it's kind of like a, a almost at times a look of the draw thing, like like you said, like I, you know, don't have the answers for it. It's just you know sometimes when you have guys in scoring position, you're absolutely smack you know uh, smacking the tar out of the ball and and you're getting guys home, and uh, other times you just can't find ways to do it. And and so it's that's kind of another I think unique uh, and, and really cool aspect to baseball is just that it's it's you can't really almost put your thumb on it at times, you know. Yeah, it's a game of failure. I yeah. mean, some of the best fail, you know, seven out of ten times. And so that's really kind of, yeah, that's what it is. And that's when I talk about it being a mental game. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the time and the, the at-bats and the mental toughness and the fortitude to push through those times. Yeah. You know, and to play through and to whatever adjustments you're making and, and things you're doing in, in your game and the physical part um, is important. Uh, but you've mentally got to be able to handle that, you know, and and break out of that slump as an individual or as a team, keep pushing through and trust in your process and in your coaching and in yeah. who you are as players and all that stuff uh, to get to the other side of it, you know. But um, I think there's definitely a luck factor to baseball for sure. I think that there's a matter of peaking at the right time, you know, and I certainly am a fan of peaking in, you know, late May rather than peaking in March. And so that's that's okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's something you definitely want to see them improve and, and begin to step forward in a little bit. Um, you know, I think that there's opponents that you can just dominate. There's a lot of opponents you can dominate 
You just want to see that a little more regularly. Yeah. Uh, not that every game has to be a blowout, but, but get out there and execute on, you know, on both sides and, and just, you know, kind of flex it a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd like to see from the team. Yeah. No, I, I'm sitting here kind of just just thinking on it. And it, it, to me, I've always thought that golf and baseball were like the, the two most sort of mentally draining. And like you said, it, it, it's a total, uh, you know, it, it's a mental battle, right, in those games because you break it down and it's it's in golf, one shot. Sorry, I know I have my mind on the Masters right now, so I got to sure. – I'm all over the place. But, I mean, it's, it's one shot and, and it's on to the next one. It's you versus um, – at times even versus yourself like you're literally just trying to uh do the best that you can and and you have no teammates you have no one else to kind of pick you up and in baseball even I feel like there's times where you have those elements uh the the mental element of you know well uh when I'm up there in the batter's box it's it's just me and the I mean me versus the pitcher right like that's it that's it's 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 one-on-one and so uh as opposed to football and and, and basketball I feel like it's baseball and, and especially golf you have it's more of a psychological there, – there, there's more of a psychological aspect and element to the game, and, and you really do have to have that mental fortitude to be able to step up and and um, kind of overcome barriers, overcome droughts and, and those obstacles. And um, and so that's – I mean, obviously, that's why those are probably the two worst sports I've ever – you know, the, 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 uh, for me, <laughs> the, uh, my, my, my uh, worst output uh, is in golf and baseball. That, that makes a lot of sense now. I'm starting to have a revelation here. It's yeah, the, the, the two are sports for me because they're the most mentally draining. But, uh, well, but yeah, you know, I mean, this is this is something I've I've had this. I've like formulated this thought for a while, like for years, you know, uh-huh. and, and I like your connect your comparison to golf, because um, to me, what makes sports great in any sport? is the time between, you know, like the great play in football, like the touchdown is a great moment, but it's the, it's from the snap to that, to that guy crossing the goal line. Yeah. It's the, that, that when time slows down and all the things happen, like that's what makes it great. But there's no two sports with more time between than baseball and golf. Absolutely. You know? And so you're all in your head. And, 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 you know, as far like golf, you're all in your head, you're thinking about all these things rather than just locking in and, and executing. Mm-hmm. And in baseball, you know, like you said, there's no defense that doesn't deliver the ball to the batter. Everybody yeah. gets the chance yeah. and um, you've got to at least send it. And it's all that the pace of baseball, all that time in between those pitches that it builds, it provides so much buildup. But it's time for that pitcher to think about how he's going to screw up and time for that batter to think about what he's, you know, and, and there's so much that's a mental part of that game. And I think that's what can make it great. You know, Kurt Wilson smoking that ball against Oklahoma State, like that's a great moment. But it was the three innings before that yeah. that led to the fever pitch of that moment, yeah. you know, and, and all that buildup and time. And I think that's what's great. But it also, the pace of it, that time between makes it so hard. As a oh, mental gosh. game, yeah. No, I I couldn't agree with you more, man. I mean, I think that's why I lo- always stuck with basketball because you know you miss a shot or something, it's just on to the next one, right? I mean, you you yeah. you, you forget it quick and you're moving uh, so fast a lot of times. But but with baseball, and, and I think that's what makes um, some of these amazing plays, especially for example, you know, I know we're like super uh, into the, the Kurt Wilson hive right now, but who, who who's not? You know, uh, as far sure. as Texas Tech fans go, but it makes it that much more special that. Um, he's able to to do to deliver in the clutch in those in those key moments and do what he does with that time in between. So uh, yeah, it's it's 
it's a testament, I think, to the, the guys on our team and also to Tim Tadlock, man. I mean, how do you prep? How do you prepare your, your players um, to, to overcome kind of mental obstacles at times and, and overcome those trends that you see where you're going through, uh, where, like where, where you're lagging or having some hardship? And so, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's, baseball's a, it's a, a can be a, a mentally draining sport, man. And, and I think that's why it takes guys that are resilient to really be able to battle and, and, um, you know, get it done in, in the trenches. And so, uh, on man, that, we got note, deep. yeah, yeah, I would say, man, I feel like everyone <laughs> in the car right now, like this is like a, a therapy sesh. Like we're really it's like a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, it, it, uh, you know, I feel like in rambling Raiders, sometimes we deviate from the actual analytics talk and we, that's all we want to do, man. is just, you know, maybe have a beer and just, and get deep. So that's the, I feel like our <laughs> listeners, at least that's what they're here for. I, so hopefully they're, um, we delivered the content that they were looking for tonight, man. <laughs> uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good, good to get deep here on, on, uh, you know, anytime you're specu- uh, speculating about Texas tech sports and, and especially in season right now with Texas tech baseball, uh, the, the okay. last, the, the thing I was going to say, I, uh-huh. go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Sorry, Keith, go ahead, man. Good. I was going to say, I think, did you ask me earlier about, individual guys we hadn't really talked about any individual dudes other than so, pitchers. yeah yeah I was gonna um you know we kind of touching on the the last parts I wanted to talk about were one and I'll just I'll throw it to kind of a, a barrage here one um realistically and I know this is hard to do man because I I, I grapple with it all the time um with Lane and Nick whenever we're trying to you know say okay how far can this team go like what's yeah can they win a natty? Can they win the Big 12 Conference? Uh, will they make a Sweet 16? Will they make it to a Super Regionals? Can this team go to a, a New Year's Six Bowl game? Like, it's, you know, you all, as a Tech fan, you're biased. You always want to say they can. But realistically to you, and then I do want to kind of talk to you uh, about the the individual performances. I know we've already touched sure. on a few, Wilson and, and, and Birdsell and, uh, you know, guys that have stepped up for us. But realistically, Keith, I mean, how far do you think this team uh, – What's a good ceiling for this team man, as far as uh, postseason play goes? I mean, how, how far do you think they can go? Man, somebody – I'm going to forget what who I was talking to, maybe on the Rockin' pregame or something here in Lubbock, but um, they asked me this very early in the season, and, and I said this was an Omaha team, yeah. certainly an Omaha caliber team, and, and I'll stick by that. I think that – I mean, the, the talent on this team, the first-round prospect that Jace Young is, the quality of pitching – um, now, and we, when we talk about individuals, we can talk a little bit about health, but I think that'll play into it. But, you know, without saying a bunch of caveats, like if they get going or if they, you know, get hot or whatever, no, I think that they have the talent to go to Omaha. I mean, I think that, and, and the draw is a part of that in anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, but yeah, I think that they absolutely could. And, and I think that says a lot about this team and about Tim Tadlock with two freshmen in the lineup day in and day out. Um, that, that says a lot, not to mention the starting pitching. Um, yeah, I think that, that it's a solid team with a ton of talent. Uh, and you know, we can talk about all the caveats to that, but yeah, I think that Omaha is definitely a reasonable, you know, expectation. Am I going to be disappointed if you, if you're hosting a super again and don't make it like last year, I'm going to personally be disappointed, but I still think that's a great that's season a great of baseball. Season. Yeah. 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 No, um, I totally but I do think that. that, I do think they have the talent to do it. Well, that's awesome, and and that that's kind of what we said about uh you know we, uh what we were talking about with the basketball teams. I was like, man, could they make a Final Four? Yes, like they have the talent to go there. 
would a Sweet 16, in my mind, be be a, a pretty amazing season for first-year head coach Mark Adams and this squad with some of the deficiencies they have? Yes. You know, so, uh, it, yeah, I feel like there's some similarities and some parallels there of, of obviously, you know, uh, you want what's best, and it'll be disappointing if, if a team of this caliber with this talent doesn't make it to Omaha, but but is a Super Regionals, you know, obviously a great, great output? Absolutely, right? Like, absolutely. Um, and the Super – and, you know, for, for guys, folks that aren't as locked into baseball, I mean, mm-hmm. Omaha's the Elite Eight of baseball. Yes. And, and you know, it's, it's measured like the Final Four is in basketball. You know, the Final Four is that you're hanging that banner one way or the other if you yeah. make it there, you know. It, it doesn't matter if you were the runner-up in the national championship game. It's still – the final four banner mm-hmm. in, in Omaha is that for baseball, but the super regional is the sweet 16, you know, it's not a bad place to be. No, no, that's, that's a, a, a deep run. And, and um, I've always looked at it that way too, just cause I'm a basketball guy. So I've always looked at it in comparison to, okay, you make it to the, you know, the college world series. That's, that's a lead eight. I mean, that's unbelievable in itself, but a super regionals is nothing to gawk at, like nothing to, no, you know, be be upset about, especially if you're hosting one, which which uh, I think this tech team has positioned themselves to to you know definitely have a chance to do that. Um, real quick before we get into our questions that we uh, posed on Twitter earlier, um, I want to ask uh, back to your point about about the personnel here, man. To you, uh, who's who's kind of been? I'll, I'll throw it. I'll phrase it like this: Who's been a surprise to you this season so far? And then who are some guys that have just you you expected to to be ringers for us and who have delivered like on cue and stepped up. Um, man. So surprise. I think I'll start, and there's been a few. I think you start with Parker Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, Parker Kelly has been a big role player for this team. He started a lot of games, probably more games than I realized. He's an excellent defensive third baseman, uh, but had struggled to get the bat going over time, and he got. Absolutely red hot against Merrimack. He hit uh, two grand slams that weekend. He's got four grand slams on the season, including one against Mississippi State, um, which makes me wonder, like, you know, how many other people in the country are getting uh, getting bases loaded at bats? Yeah. You know, yeah. like Parker <laughs> Kelly, yeah. uh, which is a testament to the rest of the team. But uh-huh. I think he's second on the team in home runs right now with eight. Uh, yeah, that's right. And so he's been a guy that's been solid now. He's settled down a little bit, uh, but he's still getting hits, particularly extra base hits, got you know, and doubles at a pretty good clip, um, batting 314. So I've been really happy with him. And the defense is no surprise. I mean, yeah. Parker Kelly has always been an excellent defender. Um, I think Easton Morrell is another one I would mention is the surprise. Yes. Morrell uh, got injured in, in – he kind of tweaked the hamstring in uh, Arlington, but then re-entered – for Tech a few weeks ago and, and took over the leadoff spot um, and has been really good there. He's batting 407. Damn, um, okay. He's got six home runs, and four of those are game leadoff home runs. Home runs First yeah. at bat of the game, and he's hitting a leadoff home run. And he did it actually um, twice against Texas in those first two games. Morrell led off with a home run. That's and awesome. So he's been great. Um, he's, I think, it really settled into the leadoff. It's something I asked Tim Tadlock about a lot, you know, just his progression, how he's been in that leadoff spot, which you're replacing um, a guy like Drew Baker and before him, Gabe Holtz and guys oh, were yeah. really, really good in those, that position. And it's mm-hmm. an important part of, the, of your lineup. Oh yeah. Um, and then, you know, you got two freshmen. I've mentioned both of them. 
Hudson White has been starting at catcher and first base, splitting back and forth with Cole Stilwell, which I think says a lot about both of them and how they're playing at both positions. Um, but he's been good, and he started really slow. I mean, he was like like 0 for 22 before he got his first hit, something like that oh, wow. on the season. And now he's batting 287 and has really come on strong and, and been a good piece in the in the bottom of your of your order. And then uh, Owen Washburn also, he's played in right field. Um, his dad was a 14-year big leaguer and uh, he's a big-time player to come to, to Texas Tech. He's batting 327. I think he started every game in right field. He's got three home runs. I mean, just generally a really solid freshman campaign for him. Yeah. Um, so that's another guy that you knew coming in, like, hey, this is probably going to be a pretty good ball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's really had a good season. Um, so, yeah, there's some, there's some for you. And then – you talked about uh, what did you ask about? Kind of the known commodities that have that have yeah, done what? Yeah, you the guys who like the Kurt Wilson, you know, the guys who who you, you knew about before we we started the season off, who have just delivered and and then some, you know, who are still just playing at a very high level. Right, and I'll give that that Kurt Wilson is is one of those. Um, I think those of us that are kind of paying attention in the fall and and mm-hmm. scrimmages and all that uh, expected it, and it did happen. Kurt Wilson's been your starting shortstop all year. Um, Kurt Wilson actually started for you at shortstop last year uh, as well in Arlington. Now that quickly changed, but um, yeah, he started there. He's done a great job defensively. He's hitting 303. He's got six home runs, including some some big ones. Um, slugging 555. I mean, overall, just a, a solid season for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been batting in, uh, I think, the five hole, if I remember correctly right now, and, and has kind of settled there for a while. Um, and then Jace Young, I think, is an obvious on that. Jace yeah. also started slow, and I asked him about that at one point uh, because Josh started slow in his draft year season. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it, what you find in, with a guy of that caliber, a first round guy, you're just getting pitched different, and and yeah. you have to you have to learn how these guys are going to pitch you, pitch around you, pitch you only inside. You have to adjust to hey, I may see one good pitch this at bat. You know, mm-hmm. and so what he's done, and he settled in. I would argue a fair bit quicker than Josh did. He's batting four twelve, and I don't know if these are updated for tonight, but um, but what's really incredible, he's walked thirty one times, wow. and so he's he's close to leading the country in walks, but he's only got seventeen strikeouts. And I've kept a running tally. I need to update for the last couple nights, uh, but Jace Young has gone. Um, I think it's now. 12 or maybe 13 games without a strikeout this season. Wow. And he's only got one multi-strikeout game. Uh, and that was against incredible. Auburn. Yeah, so, I mean, you're talking about big league approach yeah, that's, that's and, uh, and plate discipline, yeah, for him. And, and it's, been, it's been incredible. He's having a great year. Um, and so that's, that's a, you know, a big guy stepping out yeah. that you kind of expected to. And um, there has been, like, kind of a feel-good story, too, um, Cody Masters has has re-entered and has been playing kind of spot play. He started tonight uh, because Cole Stillwell got ejected last night and couldn't play, so that shifted a bunch of guys around. But um, Cody Masters got really sick and uh, spent 15 days in the hospital with meningitis. Oh, wow. And so, um, I mean, really, as one of the team chaplains put it on Twitter, like there was a question if he was going to survive. Oh, and this guy God, yeah. put all the weight back on. Um, and his back is back out there playing D one baseball now. So I think that's a pretty cool story. And, oh, it's and incredible. Yeah, he's had some big moments for you too as a Red Raider, and, and pretty cool to see him back. 
Yeah, no, I, wow. I, I had no idea that that, that had happened. That's a, a testament to him and, and his resiliency and uh, good for Cody, man. That's kind of makes like, reminds me of the, uh, you know, Zaire Smith, man, his first year in the NBA when he got really sick and, yeah. and battled back as well. It's just, uh, you know, something, uh, something about that red Raider gene, man, that, that never give up, you know, you're never out of the fight. And so, uh, Wow, that's that's cool. You just kind of blew my mind there. I did not know that that had happened to Cody Masters. Yeah, and I think um, there was a quiet knowledge that Cody was sick, um, and mm. then once he did, he he pinch hit against Texas on Sunday, and then uh, came back in um, in that midweek and and had a big you know had some big swings and some of that stuff, and um, then it kind of came out on Twitter the extent of the sickness, and and sickness. Coach Talak was asked about it and said, "Hey, man." A month ago, you know, if Cody said, "Hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to be playing in a month and and pinch hitting for you," Coach Tadlock would, would not have believed. That, I would have thought you, know? you were crazy. So, yeah, yeah, and wow. so the work that he put in to get back, and I mean, it's it's a miracle, I think, and and I think Cody would probably describe it that way too. So pretty cool to see that, and um, hope he gets to hope he continues to get to work in. Um, mm. Not a guy that you're probably going to see in the field again uh, for Tech, but definitely a guy that can DH for you and work in and out with Ty Coleman. No, man, I, I love that. And here it's funny. I was I was about to make a Jace, uh, uh, Jace, you know, young joke about how he uh, leads, you know, the, the least amount of uh, strikeouts, you know, per se, but he also leads in the most amount of horns down uh, gestures, <laughs> trash talking. And then here we are now. I'm just like I, I'm totally rattled because uh, yeah, that's that's wow, man. Really, really happy for Cody. That's that's an incredible. Uh, feet and story for him that's awesome yeah hey, and and don't don't count out your boy kurt wilson with uh with trash talk he gave oh yeah <laughs> he rounded he rounded that that walk-off grand slam with with a pretty big horn he did man he did no those two guys i i because i i mean i'm you know people can everyone can say what they want i just we we love uh love i i think that's what makes college sports great obviously to an extent right I, you sure, don't want to be too be. nasty and, and and obviously take it um too far but but i think one of the things that's so cool about college sports is that that rivalry and that that kind of animosity to, again to an appropriate level and so just on that note man with kurt wilson and then and, and jace young dude i was he actually it was funny he, he retweeted one of our uh deals about the notre dame coach talking trash about texas tech uh-huh. basketball and i was like that's that's a rider right there man he knows like he's He's about that, uh, like uh, you know, the Red Raiders like stick together, man. We're we're a tight knit community, and and uh, and when he rounded those bases, dude, just giving everybody the business after he cranked one, I I had a huge smile on my face, man. I could not get enough of that because I think uh, he he spoke for, you know, everybody, everyone wearing the red and black that that couldn't have that opportunity, man, to to let them know, like you know, we're here and and this team's for real. Yeah, no doubt. You talking about Jace Young? Yeah, oh, Jace Young. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah on the Jace Friday night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he, where he hit that one, and he was just rounding the bases. Yeah. That was. I awesome, think he was man. beating his chest and saying, "This is my <laughs> house. This is our house." And, I love yeah. it. I love. And, it. and you know, it's funny because, and we don't always know. You know, like you don't always know. I mean, these guys know each other a lot of the time, especially yeah. in Texas. Oh, you know, oh, Jace is sure. from from San Antonio. They play travel ball with each other, against each other, high school ball. Like who? You know, there's probably extra bad blood and emotion you know and oh, those things yeah. too which i think Absolutely. is is always interesting to see play out but yeah <laughs> that was that was quite the moment I, i'm pretty sure jace bat flipped a walk 
on Saturday. <laughs> that that was interesting. Yeah. It wasn't a big it wasn't a big monster flip, but it was it was interesting. But uh, hey, yeah, man, he's what, a fiery dude, man. I was going to say, when the man, time is right. He does not mind getting fired up. And no, excited. that that passion is good. You got to harness that and utilize it. So I, uh, I'm a big fan of of um, of those gestures. But anyone who listens to the Ramblin' Raiders podcast probably knows that already. That we're we're all about uh, getting a little bit fired up, man. When it comes to tech sports, and again, some some friendly friendly trash talk. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't think you go get in fights. But I no, think, no, no, um, no, nothing like that. And, and Tim Tadlock's a guy that wants to play baseball the right way. I mean, yes, I think of thinks of, he knows what the right way is to him. And mm-hmm. um, But Tex got a little reputation of a little edginess and, you know, the big eye black and some emotion. And, oh, and yeah. I think that's – I think the little chip on the shoulder is good. I think that's part of Tex's identity. I agree. Uh, I think that baseball team definitely carries that. And, and really, you know, every team's different, but year in and year out, that, that seems to be kind of part of that program. Part of the program, yeah. Well, man, for for time's sake, I'll I'll uh, I was gonna say because I'm I'm enjoying enjoying this part of the conversation, but I will uh, kind of two two things I want to talk about real quick before I, I get to the or actually one of those being the questions of our listeners on uh, that that post some questions on Twitter. But are you? Uh, I'm assuming I know I, I keep up with uh, you know the the Red Raider dugout and and everything going on with recruits, but I know you're you're pretty well uh, tapped into like the the recruiting pipeline and. What tech's looking at there, right, Keith? Yeah, we pay we pay pretty good attention between. There's a small group of us, and you know mm-hmm. we kind of keep keep tabs on it as much as social media allows, and occasionally we'll hear a tidbit here or there. Hey, so I got to give a shout out then. This is because I, I, I won't go too hard into recruiting, but I got to give a shout out to my boy Dylan Maxey from my alma mater, Friendswood High School, where I, where I grew up, and my dad's actually still the principal over there. He is uh, – I know he's signed with Texas Tech right now, and, and I got to watch him in the postseason last year. Man, I really hope – and I think it will be the case. I know some of these guys end up going pro um, straight out of high school, but, man, I just got to give him a, a quick shout. I'd love to actually get him on the podcast, and once he's uh, officially a Red Raider, if that happens, then then I'll uh, be sure to do that and, and, and go through the right channels for it. But, uh, man, I just love his – his uh, his moxie, dude, his swag, like he he gets up there and he's a guy. I mean, he uh, at least at the high school rank, which is obviously going to be a lot different, right? But I mean, watching him play in the playoffs last year for Friendswood, it was like he basically just kind of thought to himself, like, where do I need to put it? And that's where I'm going to hit it, man. And I mean, it, it, you know, if, if he needed it in left field in the gap, okay, I'll put it there. Do we need a, a you know, uh, something like, like, I mean, it was almost like he was hitting on command, dude. So I'm super pumped for Dylan Maxey. And I don't know if you've, if you've kind of had a chance to, to, to look at any of his stuff yet or, or get a beat on him, but, um, hey, I think he's, I'll, I'll take a catcher that'll rake any day. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. No, he's a catcher that he's a catcher that just gets up there and, and he's nails, man. He's super clutch. He's kind of got that clutch gene, uh, reminds me a lot of, what Kurt Wilson's been doing, um, again, again, obviously, I know it's at the high school level. It's a little different, but still, man, he's got that clutch gene about him. And, and uh, yeah, dude, he can get up there and he, he swings the stick pretty well, man. I mean, he's a good, he's good in the in the box. I don't doubt. And and to be honest, I mean, you know, these guys are not recruiting dudes that can't come and play some yeah. serious D one baseball. You know, yeah. and and if he's on the list, like if we see these guys kind of come up. You know, you kind of know immediately, like, yep, that guy, that guy, is, he can rake. Like Tim Tadlock says, if you can hit, we'll find somewhere for you to stand. 
if J Bob's recruiting him as a catcher, then then he's got <laughs> skills behind the plate. You know, what yeah. I mean, they're, they're legit dudes, and and I have no doubt whatsoever um, as far as you know his skills. And I know he's committed. Um, he's one of the ones I and and I mean it's all over his Twitter. I just never saw a signing announcement. Not every school does that. So, so he's uh, he's committed. He's a uh, he's a senior this year. So last year when he committed, he was a junior. Um, I'm not sure on the actual like procedural um, mandates for that. I, I don't know if it's like, like they, they can they would have signed in the they would have signed in the fall or they could. I mean, could sign in the spring. I mean, it's okay. like other sports. Yeah. Um, the thing is, like, not every school you know, shouts their kids out, does those signing ceremonies and stuff. And the other thing, um, and we cover recruiting kind of in a specific way. Like we try to get to know who they are, um, share some general like numbers of, of recruits and, and watch Mm -hmm. the rankings and stuff. But at, at the end of the day, not only in college baseball, you're not only fighting other schools for recruits. You're also fighting major league baseball. Yeah, absolutely. you know, you kind of, it's like you want to keep your guys under wraps so mm-hmm. that they don't pick up so much steam that the pros start looking for them, Yeah, you know, and, until the draft is over at least. And so you, you don't want to like hold a kid back or anything, but it's like, Hey, I'm not going to go yeah. blasting this as far as a coach. Like I'm not blasting this kid on Twitter or hanging on a fence in a big tournament talking to these scouts about him. Cause they're going to come snatch him, you know? And so yeah. it's just a kind of different, different ball game when it comes to college baseball because they're fighting it from two sides well so I was at that series it was Friendswood and Barbers Hill and I can't remember his name but the shortstop or I think he was a shortstop calling yeah I mean I'm sitting there watching him and everyone's going that guy's committed to tech right now but as he's playing I was like no I was like he's going to the league dude like he's he's so legit and so I I totally get that where you got to kind of be and, and with Dylan I mean Dylan's a baller no doubt but I will say from just a a sheer like uh, kind of physicality, like size standpoint, I think he can benefit from a year, maybe a year or two developing a little bit more with the weight room and everything um, sure. with a, you know, a university like Texas tech, right. Uh, who, who can offer the best resources and, and uh, nutrition programs and things like that. But no, he's, he's going to be a, I, I think he's a long, he's a long timer. I mean, he's going to be a guy that can, can get it done at the next level too, but I'm really hoping, and who knows, maybe, you know, um, you know, who knows what the future holds, but, but I really hope that he does come to the college ranks. Cause I know my dad, who, like I said, is the principal there at Friendswood. He, he grad, I mean, he played football at tech in the eighties and he's, I mean, he's licking his chops for that signing day, man. Cause he's like, dude, I got, I got the band coming out. They're playing the fight song. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, he's going all out, uh, you know, <laughs> tries not to show favoritism, but whenever that red Raider blood boils in you, that, that, uh, that's, you know, that deep, man, he's going to make sure it's a big deal. And, and uh, I, I've spoken with Dylan and he was, he was like, man, I love Tim Tadlock. He's, he's such a great coach. And I, I, on my visit, I just really appreciated everything that Texas tech had to offer in the facility. So uh, really excited at the prospect of, of uh, getting Dylan at, at, at Texas tech. And I think he'd make a lot of noise, but anyways, um, moving on from that real quick, I, w- I want to get to these two questions that we had. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and throw them straight to you, Keith. Sure. Dustin Jones on Twitter asked, he asked, why is it that with all the talent Texas Tech has uh, been able to bring in with Tadlock success, these teams never seem to have more than two reliable starters and two to three bullpen guys? Why is it that highly touted pitchers somehow forget how to hit the strike zone? Okay, that's that's his question. I'm going to throw it to you, Keith, just so I can get the, yeah, so, so we can get these taken care of. Yeah, I saw that one a little earlier. And I, and I mean, you know, 
first of all, I think that in college baseball, you can kind of count the one or two teams. And I'm not saying that Tech couldn't be one of those, but the one or two teams a year maybe that end up in that position where you have like three legit starters, you know, that are just lighting it up. And that's that's gonna that's a Vanderbilt, you know, that has yeah. Uh, yeah. some massive advantages that, you know, we don't have to get into all that, both SEC and private school. And, um, you know, you see it occasionally, and, and Texas was in that position probably before an injury. Um, but I think that, it just doesn't happen that often, you know, and I think they bring in some really solid guys, but mm-hmm. like, are you going to have three top three rounders pitching for you in a weekend rotation? Like not with, you know, 380 teams in the, in D one baseball, not to mention all the other levels. I mean, yeah. it, it just, it's hard to get to that point and, and for, to get those, that number of guys on campus, you know, um, I'm not saying that's an excuse. I just think it's kind of reality of the sport, but I think that, I mean, you look back a couple of years, you had a guy in Davis Martin who's in double-A ball and a national pitcher of the year in Stephen Gingery, and they both got injured in opposite seasons, you know. And so you try to get a really great one-two punch and then figure out a solid Sunday option, you know, or a, yeah. or a Duchetter from a few years ago, you know, with a with an opener and a, and a reliever. And um, But, yeah, I, I can understand the, the perception of that. I just don't think you see it a whole lot. That's like saying, you know, why can't, why can't Texas Tech football have a five-star quarterback and yeah. a running back and a wide receiver yeah. in the same year? You know, yeah, like yeah. that's, that's like, hard to pull together. You know, yeah, it's like it's, um, it's it, it, ideally it would be great, but like you know, let's let's live within our means a little bit. Yeah, and I think that that these guys recruit you recruit top end guys. Again, you can recruit really well in baseball, but you can only recruit so well because uh, you don't want to lose a dozen out of your signing class to to the draft. And so you kind of have to find that balance guys. You can develop guys that are showing some things. Remember too the difference, you know, a stud, a stud high school football player is probably outside of some weights, pretty close from a skill standpoint to stepping on the field and and potentially being a difference maker Yeah. Um, for a pitcher. There's a level of development that's just still needed, you know? Oh, absolutely. And and that's why there's a farm system in, in major league baseball and, or pro baseball. And, and I think that that's part of it too. You know, I think tech every year, you have some solid bullpen guys and you got some guys you develop. Ryan Sublet is an example of that. A guy that kind of scuffled, you know, for several years and then turns into an absolute ace closer for you. He just moved up to high a yesterday uh, in pro ball. And so, you know, you got some good ones this season between Derek Bridges and Trendon Parrish, who is a true freshman and turned down pro ball to come to tech. Um, you know, you've got some solid pieces out there. I think uh, later on, you know, you would see Chase Hampton and uh, Austin Becker and I think Brandon Beckel, you know, will continue to come along. Uh, but really right now, Brendan Gurton uh, would probably be your top piece. And he's actually been unavailable the last couple of weeks. Um, Tim Tadlock said on his radio show that it would just be a couple of weeks. It doesn't look like a season injury, ending injury. Uh, but you know you need Brendan Gurton. I mean that's a very important important piece of your bullpen. And so, yeah. you know, I I think that when I look at how they recruit and the the level of the classes they get, I think it's unbelievable. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I don't see a deficiency there. Not like would I like it? Absolutely. You know, bring me three Kumar rockers and and let's see this thing roll. But it just doesn't work that way all the time. Yeah, I I, um, I won't speculate too much on that, but I totally understand what you're saying because it's. I think it's kind of a. At the end of the day, 
you know, what's, what's realistically, uh, obtainable and, and achievable. Right. And, and also, I mean, look at what we've done with, with the recruits that we get. So, sure. um, yeah, it's like, like you said, it's like, what, would I, you know, would I prefer a five-star quarterback running back, uh, you know, wide receivers, you know, it's like, yeah, absolutely. But let's, you know, try to appreciate kind of what we have in the, the, the uh, productivity that we get out of, of the players that we recruit. Yeah. Um, okay. So last question here and for time's sake, actually, and I'm thinking about this Keith, I'd love to get you back on before. Um, Cause we all know, you know, not to be braggadocious or anything. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll even knock on wood, but we all know Texas Tech's going to the postseason. All right, and I, I just I, I just knocked on wood right there, but um, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Talking about baseball I, here, everybody's superstitious. I was gonna say it's funny. I should have been a. I actually should have been a baseball player because I am like one of the most superstitious. I mean, I literally wore. I and and I hate to. I'm, I'm, I can't believe I'm admitting this on the podcast. I didn't wash my clothes either. I wore the same outfit for our run, um, in in 2019 for basketball to the final four to the championship game, and to the sweet 16. Like I literally tried to mix it up and my brother and a couple of tech buddies were like, dude, you go, I, I, I had the, um, my, my reserves, like those, you know, my, my, my Texas tech shirt and everything in the car. And they were like, you go change right now, dude, put on that cowboy hat, put on that shirt, <laughs> put on that jacket. They were like, don't play around. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I don't, you know, I, I try not to take too much credit or anything, but I think that might've been the reason we beat Notre Dame. If I'm, if I'm, there being you go. yeah. But uh, so I'm as superstitious as they come. And so I will knock on wood here, do my little special knock. But um, I would love to get you back on, man, because um, I was going to do kind of a fun little lightning round uh, a, day at the Paul ba- uh, a day at the ballpark with, with, uh, with, with Keith talking about, like, you know, favorite, favorite food item, uh, beverage, favorite walk-up song, all that stuff. But I want to save that for uh, – I think we should circle back and do, do another crossover for the, um, you know, the start of postseason. I love that. Yeah. 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 Anytime. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think we should do a, um, you know, recircle and, and kind of look at this come postseason time, dude, when everyone's eyes are, you know, everybody and not to say like, I mean, people are always paying attention with tech baseball, but it's just like same with basketball or football, you know, anytime you get into those big games, kind of late season, everybody starts really dialing in. So I'd love to get you back on for that. In closing, Robert Powell, who's a, a big-time follower and uh, of Ramblin' Raiders, I know he's always contributing and in the know. He, ha- he had a question that I want to throw to you, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this up. The, okay, so he, he asked, the offensive numbers are a bit inflated by a few crazy high-scoring games, uh, 28 versus Kansas and then um, UNM, I guess, oh, uh, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so are we getting the two-out hits and being offensively efficient that a, ch- a championship-caliber team needs? especially in close games question. I mean, and I think we talked about that a lot earlier. We were, yeah. we were kind of talking specifically about, um, about the, the grand Canyon, you know, two game midweeks series, yeah. but you know, no, I mean, not at least not over the last, you know, couple of weeks. It, it doesn't seem like it since Texas. Um, there's been a little bit of a struggle with that and you've had your moments, you've had your explosions, but those Sundays have, have come down. Uh, this midweek against Grand Canyon, I mean, you were four for sixteen uh, with runners on. You know, this yeah, on this yeah. Wednesday night game, two for eleven with runners in scoring position. So, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think you are at the moment. Um, I'm not saying that's not going to change, and I, I fully think that. I mean, top to bottom, extremely dangerous lineup, and I think that it, it can be fine. Uh, but you got to see it. You know, we got to see it be better. And 
you talked about that earlier. And when we talked about all the mental aspect, you know, Tim Tadlock preaches for these guys to get out of their own head, you know, and to, you know, you go pitch to pitch, you know, you put together a competitive bat. It's not about the situation. It's not about all those other things. It's be competitive in the bat, pitch to pitch, win this pitch. I mean, it's very simple, you know, for both pitchers and hitters for him. It's, It's get out of all the other stuff and focus on that moment. Um, and I think that's how you get out of some of that stuff. And um, he credited Parker Kelly buying into that as a process, you know, mentally for him with the explosion that he saw kind of earlier in the season. Um, and I think it's the key, you know, and so there's there's a little bit of trust the process here as you're yeah. kind of early in Big 12 play and looking for these guys to kind of put it together. Yeah, man. Well, that's the, no, that's great insight. And, and uh Keith, I know we're we're running long here, so I'll go ahead. Uh, I am going to save that lightning round because I'm I'm very curious to know the answers for whenever we get into some <laughs> postseason talk. Uh, and I do not say that, um, you know, half heartedly. That's to be honest, you know, for Ramblin' Raiders, that's kind of my favorite part of of doing crossovers and interviews is always getting into the kind of more personal side of things and and, and sure. getting to hear stuff like that. So we're going to save that for postseason play again. I'll do my little, I'm doing my special knock right now, which it guarantees us a a trip to uh, at least a regional <laughs> some somewhere, uh, hopefully in Lubbock, and, and we'll circle back on that. But uh, no, man, this has been a great episode. Honestly, this has been good for me because I, I you know, uh, it's something that we've talked about. I know with with um, the Red Raider dugout and and with Dinger Derby, you know, you guys have a niche where you're getting to focus on baseball, whereas with uh, with Rambling, man, I mean, we're you know keeping up with uh, trying to keep up with at least everything that we can from meat judging championships, wool judging championships to, to <laughs> no baseball, doubt. to football, to basketball and to everything in between. And so um, at times, you know, it, it can, uh, there, there can be some things that get lost in the shuffle. And uh, this was kind of an eye opening, um, you know, podcast for me to know, okay, this is what's, you know, what to expect and, and, and kind of where can this team go? How much success can they, can they have? And uh, I think tech fans, as we have been with, you know, during the Tim Tadlock era should be extremely excited about uh, this Texas tech baseball team and the, and the prospect of where they can go. So thank you for coming on Keith. I, I really do appreciate it, man. And I want to give you another chance to uh, dude plug. I mean, Twitter website, everything, dude. I, I love, I mean, that's one of the things we love doing with Ramblin' Raiders is just um, promoting other Texas tech outlets. So um, plug away, dude, everything you can. I'm going to time you actually, and it needs to be, it needs to be over at least two minutes. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate you having me on, man. And I was going to say that it's nice. It was nice for me just to kind of have a conversation about baseball and, um, kind of, in, I know it's been a little bit longer, but it's been fun for me because I, yeah, I do absolutely. a fair amount of local radio and it's like quick hit, you know, give me your 30 second answer and shut up because I got to do my next thing. And so <laughs> it's nice to get to just kind of talk and, and pontificate and get all deep like we did. And, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, you, you can find me on Twitter at Red Raider Dugout. I'm at Keith B. Patrick um, at Red Raider Dugout. We post all our stories there. Uh, it's on Facebook as well. And, and we post them all there. We share them all through the uh, fan pages on Facebook, including Guns Up Nation. And so you can always look for those post game recaps. I'm actually going to go write one about these two Grand Canyon games here in just a minute. But um, yeah, that's, those are the best places. I have an Instagram. I'm not great at the gram. I know that <laughs> Ramblin' Raiders is really good at the gram, but, um, but yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I love interacting with folks, love getting the DMS and yeah. answering questions and all that stuff. But yeah. And then of course, uh, red Raider dugout.com 
We've got, you know, Dinger Derby goes up there, of course, in your podcast feeds as well. All the stories are there. And probably my favorite thing, and it's been really active the last few days, we have a Red Raiders in the pros section on there. Keep up with all the active guys that are still playing. We've got a database of everybody that's ever played pro ball coming out of tech uh, and all of our MLB players on their own page as well. So you can kind of keep up with the guys who you know, and you can see where they are right now, who they're playing for, that kind of stuff. So uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun to keep up with. That's awesome, man. I I can say just from what Nick and I have done with Ramblin' Raiders that what Keith explained, I mean, dude, there's a lot of work that goes into that, guys. And so, uh, you know, really, really appreciate as a Texas Tech fan, what Red Raider dug out and, 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 uh, and Keith, you know, Keith's doing with Dinger Derby. I mean, that's, um, it is, that's a, that's a heavy workload. And to be able to provide those, uh, to, to be able to provide that kind of information and, and everything else that, that comes with the Red Raider dugout, that's, that's pretty incredible, man. And, and I know that it's in our daily lives. I mean, Keith, you, you and I were talking about this pre pod, but there, you know, you, you have, and I'm, I just got married. So, you know, here in about a year and a half, I don't know, my wife's, uh, pushing for a little sooner, but we'll see <laughs> for kids and things like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have lives outside of this and, and for, uh, for Keith and, you know, for Keith and the rest of the, our baseball gurus to be able to provide that information. I mean, that's a, that, that's a, a great service to Texas tech fans. And so, um, y'all, y'all take advantage of that. I mean, that there, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on Keith. I, I'm, I'm excited because we didn't, I know like, and I told Nick this was going to happen. I was like, dude, if you let me and Keith just go off, I mean, we're we're like we're going to get deep, and there's a chance that we go an hour and a half and and not even get to the <laughs> lightning round. And he was like, all right, just just do what y'all do. So uh, I'm excited for the you know for for um, as the season progresses and as we start getting towards the end of the year and, and potential postseason talks, Keith, I definitely want to have you back on, man, to um, <clears throat> kind of survey the the landscape uh maybe we can do it like a you know like an ncaa tournament uh the the march madness tournament breakdown of hey look let's take a look at our regional let's take a look around the uh around the um you know uh the the rest of the landscape here and see what what everybody else is drawing and kind of go from there because i definitely do want to get to that lightning round but uh again keith thank you for coming on this has been um exceptional man just a uh, premium as we we try to claim and promote on the Ramblin' Raiders podcast <laughs> some premium uh, Texas Tech content. We hope you all enjoy. Uh, remember to, you know, follow us at, at Ramblin' Raiders on Instagram, Twitter, and our Facebook page is Ramblin' Raiders Podcast. Our website, ramblinraiders.com. There's going to be some advancements there that Nick's working on right now. And uh, any final words here, Keith, just to the listeners before we sign off? No, just thank you all. Thanks for the support. I kind of echoing what you said it's a labor of love love doing it love getting to cover tech baseball glad to be a tiny part of it if i'm if i'm bringing a few more eyeballs that's that's the goal and so yeah check out redraiderdugout.com and interact with us on twitter it's always fun absolutely man y'all keep your guns up high um you know get ready for a a great we're, we're in the middle of baseball season a great um kind of second half of the season stretch here as we we go down to the wire and 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 make a run for that Big 12 Championship, and um, as always, baby, ramble on. Thanks for tuning in to Dinger Derby and sharing our love for Texas Tech Red Raider baseball. You can connect with Keith on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Red Raider Dugout. And find more great tech baseball coverage at redraiderdugout.com. 
Help us out by rating us and leaving a review on iTunes. And remember to tell your friends about the show. Keith will be back soon with another episode of Dinger Derby. And until then, Wreck'em Tech. Keep your hand on your gun. Don't you trust anyone. There's just one kind of man that you can trust That's a dead man or a gringo like me Be the first one to fire Every man is a liar There's just one kind of man who tells the truth That's a dead man or a gringo like me 